Hey man, it's me, Kevin Smith, Silent Bob from all those Jay and Silent Bob type pictures, man. And I'm breaking the silence to tell you that you're listening to the Buff and the Blazer podcast with Drew and El Tato. Enjoy the show, kids. Hey, El Tato. What's going on? We got a podcast, The Buff and the Blazer. If I was a listener, where would I go to find more? You can check us out on our website, thebuffintheblazer.com. Drew over there writes a article that goes along with every single episode. You can find all kinds of little extras on the articles, and you can listen to the podcast right there. Also, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, we're on Twitter, at Buff and Blazer. Follow us there. Get those clicks, people. The Buff and the Blazer. Welcome to episode 81 of the Buff and the Blazer podcast, the show where we discuss and break down old movies, the new movies, everything in between. I'm Drew, and once again, I'm here with my pal and co-host, Mr. L. Tato. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Humidity. <laughs> yeah. Fucking humid. The heat is uh, going to be a constant what's up, I think, for us for the next three months. <laughs> Relentless, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not my favorite, not my favorite. But uh, we got another movie, another week, kicking up here, episode 81. We're going to be talking about Space Jam. Space Jam, A New Legacy, directed by Malcolm D. Lee. And this is a Warner Brothers movie streaming on HBO Max in theaters. And it's been a while since I've seen the first movie, and we were talking a little bit about it. I almost don't remember the entire (laughs) plot of that first movie, Uh, but I remember it. I remember Michael Jordan and, like, all the tunes. So it was kind of cool to see him, I guess, update a version for the new generation of kids. And uh, so with that in mind, what did you think of uh, Space Jam? So much like you, I don't really remember the plot or anything from the first (laughs) one. I remember that they filmed the first one, a portion of it, where I live, at our, our golf course up here. Really? Yeah, the beginning of Space Jam when they're all on the golf course and... uh is Bill Murray in that scene? Yeah, and okay. the little, the little, some, the hole keeps moving or whatever. Yeah, that scene, that was filmed up here where I live. That's pretty much all I remember because wow. all the NBA guys were at the hotel. There's only like one hotel where I live, like a real hotel, uh-huh. and they were all there. And it was like the big talk around the town that you know Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and all Whoa. these dudes were there. I think I don't remember if Magic was or not. Crazy, but. But that's pretty much all I remember about the first one. I don't remember plot. I don't even really remember scenes or anything. Yeah. It wasn't like a big big part of my childhood or anything. Yeah. So this either. one I kind of had like a fresh fresh perspective. I didn't have any of that like bias nostalgia like oh, it's not like the first one or whatever. Yeah. Like the pet cemetery deal. <laughs> but I got to say this just kind of felt like a really big uh big warner brothers circle jerk to me <laughs> it was just like bombardment didn't it? advertising didn't for universe for warner brothers <laughs> it was like, like hey every... come on one of our studio tours you know you want to <laughs> it's like every fucking uh, character they've ever cooked up made a cameo in this movie <laughs> and you know how many times the penguin was in like shots <laughs> on the court well, I mean, Pennywise was in the back. Yeah, everyone. I know there was, it was like Game of Thrones guys in the back. Harry Potter. Harry Potter, like everything. <laughs> it kind of made me like, it was almost like a Warner Brothers flex. Yeah. Right? Like, look at all of our, the content we owned. Because there was a bunch of stuff that I noticed. I was like, I had no idea that was Warner Brothers, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll say this. Okay, so the movie... Was everything you expect from the the cartoon standpoint? It's probably my favorite parts of the movie, right? When they're busting out all the old Looney Tunes tricks on the court, and then like the beginning when they're trying to get it, wrangle everybody up. All the tune stuff I really liked. Yeah, I kind of feel for LeBron 
Uh, and all disclosure, I am a Lakers fan, but I'm not going to let my fandom uh, destroy my objectivity for this movie. <laughs> so I kind of feel for LeBron because he was like green screen acting the whole, basically the whole time. Yeah, it's hard. You know, and I felt like the green screen acting was less awkward than the real scenes. Less awkward than that. I think that's a good way of saying it. Because, I mean, I, I love LeBron as a basketball player. And to be fair, he's really good in uh, Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that movie? Yes, With yes. Bill Hader and uh, yeah. Amy Schumer? Mm-hmm. He's really good in that movie. He's not bad for someone who has no training. Exactly. <laughs> well, f- well, yeah, that's a good point. That For, for an athlete, he's, yeah. he's really good. But this was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, you know, this was pretty bad. Um, yeah. The, the even John Don Cheadle kind of annoyed me a bit. I didn't, even though I, yeah. I thought it was good, it was just kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what else? So the, I appreciate some of the messaging in the storyline aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some good messages in there. It is a little kids movie, so we have to take that into consider. It's it's strictly like a twelve and under age group movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's PG. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there were I I kind of liked the modern twist on the story, how they had the whole video game development and how that is kind of the message for you know being yourself and following your passion and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh the score was awful. <laughs> score was pretty bad. There was a couple of times where there was like soundtrack where it was like okay, mm-hmm. but the dramatic score was really bad. <laughs> um the CG was awesome, right? Because the whole movie's freaking CG. Yeah. So I want to give credit there. It was pretty fun in terms of that aspect, just like a visual spectacle. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got one good chuckle, one really good laugh out of the movie. All right. Uh, when uh, Granny did the Dave Chappelle game blouses, the Prince story from the <laughs> Chappelle show, that made me laugh pretty hard. Yeah. But all in all, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. What about you? Yeah, I I didn't care for it much myself. <laughs> and I like I said, I don't remember much of that first one, so I I didn't go in with any expectations. I appreciated the tunes. Like the tunes are what made the movie for me. And I I was expecting the transition from like 2D to 3D to be a lot more jarring, and they looked great. They looked yeah. great as, like, CG animated characters. It's really weird to me that Warner Brothers... Like, all the Looney Tunes are kind of Mickey-moused. Like, they're just... They're they're kind of icons of Warner Brothers, but they don't really use them in anything. And that kind of surprises me. So I'm, I'm hoping, at least for kids, like, if you can turn the Looney Tunes, like, into CG, like, why don't you give kids some movies with just the Looney Tunes, you know? Cause, oh, dude, give me that Roadrunner Wiley Coyote 3D movie. Yeah. And it's really sad. Like I was, um, I was, you know, at the table with my nieces, and they're they're eating their Happy Meals, and they have the characters of Space Jam on the sides of the boxes, right? And I'm like, who is this? Like pointing out the different Looney Tunes. They had no clue. I think my niece was like, I pointed to to Roger Ra- or to <laughs> Bugs Bunny, and I was like, who is this? Do you know who this is? She's like, Roger Rabbit. Uh. So they have no exposure to these characters, and. Uh, that it's, is sad. It's kind of a bummer, you know what I mean? Because they don't play them anymore on TV or online anywhere. So, I, th- so I was—I I just got back from living in a trailer for a while. Yeah, and uh, we watched a whole night of Looney Tunes. Me and my coworkers—we really? found it on some channel because I don't have cable. I haven't had cable in a really long time. Yeah, but it was on some random channel, and we watched hours. Really? Yeah, and it was all the old sweet ones. Oh, cool. Well. Yeah, I, I don't think they're getting the exposure that some of these other characters get these days. But anyway, I loved seeing the Looney Tunes. LeBron was like, I think he did the best he could in that <laughs> role. <laughs> he was pretty bad. But I, I wasn't expecting a good performance from LeBron. That didn't really ruin the movie for me. I think what kind of was disappointing was just how simple like the messaging was in this movie. And I don't know if <laughs> that's the- like stupid. I mean, it's for little kids. Um, well, this is this is what I measure it against, though. So, like, I'm looking at the movies coming out of Disney Pixar and stuff like that, and um, 
like Disney Animation Studios, a lot of these other 3D animated movies. And every time they come out, they're like, they're bangers. They work for kids. They work for little kids, but they work for adults too. And when I look at a movie like Space Jam, I'm kind of, I'm kind of comparing it to other movies in its genre in that sense. And this one is strictly for children, which is fine. I mean, that's, you should have movies like that. But I feel like they could have maybe they could have done a little more with the story, I think, and made it a little more compelling. Like all of it, there's nothing really compelling for me in this movie. <laughs> it's like if the whole movie I have to sit through an hour of 50 minutes to to figure out that you need to let people be themselves. It's like, hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> so that kind of that was kind of a whiff for me. But yeah, other than that, not, I mean, it's certainly not as deep as as soul, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but again, it's it's the Looney Tunes. And I thought they were going to go like, I thought they were going to take the Bugs Bunny thing like all the way, you know, without going into spoilers. And they didn't. So I was like, oh, man, I thought they were going to do something crazy. Yeah. Uh, but w- they didn't do it. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> it would have been a little, little dark. That would have been dark. But I was like, oh, are they retiring the Looney Tunes after this or something? But yeah, it, other than that, though, I, I thought... It's pretty much where I'd put it. It's like strictly a kid's film. There's nothing really in here for adults unless you want to see. Except the nostalgia of the tunes. Exactly, yeah. And I think why the movie is a win um, in general is simply because it kind of preserves the Looney Tunes. Like it gives exposure for the Looney Tunes to like younger kids in like a new generation. So speaking of kids, I got some kids screaming in the backyard behind me, so... Really, I apologize can't hear. about that. They're doing doing something. <laughs> Neighbor kids, but does okay. So does HBO Max on their vast streaming platform have all the old Looney Tunes? Um, I'm I think they do because I like that point that you hit on about it's almost like a little tease because everybody has these beloved characters so much. Yeah, but the whole story just involves them kind of on the periphery the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's just weird. Like, you know, when you and I were kids, it's like these were just staple characters everyone knew. Everyone knew Bugs Bunny. Everyone knew Daffy Duck. And they were super old when we were kids. Right. I mean, they came out in the 30s. Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, it's just like Mickey Mouse. It's like Superman. It's like Batman. Like, every, those are characters you expect everyone to know. And it's kind of sad that for the Looney Tunes, they're losing that. Yeah, they're just kind of, they're not in the uh, the spotlight anymore, really, for kids. Dude, how cool would a, a modern whole movie of Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner be? And it would be super successful, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, to have a feature animated film with, with those two, I think it would, I hope they, my hope from this Space Jam movie is that everyone saw what the Looney Tunes looked like. And they're like, okay, let's spin this off. Let's like do Looney Tunes movies now. Because for me, that was the best part of this whole thing was the Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope they do something like that. I, I have a question. Yeah. Like with the, the bombardment of Warner Brothers kind of propaganda in this movie. <laughs> propaganda. Yeah. Or advertisement, whatever right. you want to call it. Do you almost feel like it was like a like a 21st century announcement to to battle these other giant universes that are so wildly popular? Um I don't know. Like to be honest, I to me anyway, I did get the vibe that they were like also doing some advertisement, obviously. <laughs> they have the opportunity to do it. it but do you remember so like in much. the Animaniacs when the Animaniacs would always make fun of like the inside Warner Brothers like jokes? Yeah. Like the yeah. water tower or characters from other things. I felt they were kind of doing that too a little bit. Okay. The Animaniacs yeah. were in it too, weren't they? I, I don't know. Like I imagine I, they were. I think I saw them posted up somewhere in the audience. I mean, as you, as you scan the audience, every character you see triggers something in your brain and you're trying to remember who that was and what it's from. Yeah. And it was kind of like overwhelming at times. Oh, it was massive. Like Trying literally to figure out everything. Literally every character they had was probably in some of those shots. I would have liked to see the Animaniacs come into that rap battle. Oh, that would have been cool. 
Yeah. Yeah, see, they have, I mean, they brought the Animaniacs back on Hulu for a little bit. Like they're making new episodes? Yeah. Oh, And those are actually pretty good. So I don't know. I hope we get something similar with the Looney Tunes because I think a lot of kids would be into these characters if they just knew who they were. But yeah, sign me up for a Wile E. Coyote movie. Oh, dude, you imagine like, like, and when they're 3D. Yeah. Like how they were in this on the court. They look so good. Just think of the landscapes. Yeah. Because that was my favorite thing about those Looney Tunes was those epic desert landscapes and, and mesas. Yeah. About all the Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner episodes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've realized either, but just the fact that we got them in a 2D state in this movie was pretty cool too. Because uh, at least in movies, there aren't a lot of studios anymore that do 2D animation in feature films. Yeah. It's all like 3D animated. Um, I can't even remember Disney's last 2D animated movie. But like, I just remember when those would come out, it would be like a four or five year project because it was all just drawn. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like, it's it's a bit of nostalgia that it hits on. But I think these characters are like ripe for a comeback. Agreed. Totally. <laughs> Let me ask you a bit about, um. I mean, we're, we don't really have to talk about story. I think it's, uh, I don't know, could, should we? <laughs> All right. I'll, like specifics? Not specifics, but I imagine the original script was just edited. Yeah, like updated. Yeah, like so the main beats are all the same. Mm -hmm. I imagine there's a conflict. They get sucked into the Tune World. They got to play a game to get out of the Tune World. Right. You know? Yeah. And the conflict in this one, LeBron is really hard on his sons at working hard to be great at basketball. And he has one son, Dom, whose passion isn't basketball. It's video games, and he's a really brilliant coder. Mm -hmm. So that's like the struggle. Yeah. That's that's LeBron's struggle. That's the whole overarching struggle of the movie is LeBron realizing to let his kid do his thing. And yeah. And do, do what he's passionate about. Yeah. And then they, they put a whole bunch of little, like, you know, twists and stuff in there that, that really make the story modern. We get a whole, like, AI kind of deal, servers and, like, this whole streaming universe world, and which is where you get, like, all the different Warner Brothers properties in this movie. It's like you have the Toon World, and then you have all these other like franchise worlds in the Warner Brothers universe. <laughs> so yeah, and I, I think that that plays a little bit into this whole streaming battle that's going on between studios. So it's it's modernized and it's up to date, I think, for a modern audience. But what I wanted to ask you about was the the humor of the Looney Tunes in particular. So like, okay. I'm not real like down with what kids cartoons are like these days but i wanted to ask generally do you think the humor of the looney tunes works for a modern audience anymore like do you think it still works uh just like the smashing it's kind of like slapsticky right yeah yeah that's basically what it all is right i don't know to be honest (laughs) i don't know it might be a little too violent you think so it might be yeah i was just thinking about that as i was watching the movie because I mean, I grew up with these characters on TV, and this was the kind of humor that made me laugh, like just watching people get blown up and like yeah, turning into powder and stuff with eyeballs and <laughs> stuff like that you see from the Looney Tunes. And I was just wondering, like, would a kid today find any of this stuff funny? And I'm not sure. I don't know if the humor has gotten more sophisticated with little kids or not. I'm not sure. Just do a little data study with your nieces and nephews. Right. Sit them all down, get a... Get a little pad of paper and just start doing check marks <laughs> yeah. on laughs and right. play them some Looney Tunes and then, and then play them the stuff they normally watch mm-hmm. and compare the data. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Write an article about it. That'd be pretty interesting. <laughs> I might do that actually one day. Dude, it's an yeah. easy, easy social study. Yeah, just to... You're just tracking... Laugh at lulls, laugh out louds, you know? <laughs> like a, a simple example, right, is when they're in the spaceship and Daffy, like, throws the ball to Yosemite Sam and he's like, shoot, and he just blasts the ball up with his pistols and then yeah. Daffy's face is all, like, riveted with bullet holes and his eyes are on his mouth. Like, That's the kind of stuff I was laughing at. Yeah. And that's, like, classic Looney Tunes to me. <laughs> yeah, nowadays 
the gun the gun situation's a little a little different. Yeah, it's, so, it's a lot different. Yeah, I see what you're getting at. So it's uh, it, it's something that I was thinking about throughout the film. I was like, I wonder if this stuff works for younger kids. I'm not huh. sure, but yeah, I certainly know it works for the older generation because one of my coworkers. <laughs> was busting out laughing the whole time we were watching Looney Tunes. He's in his 60s. <laughs> okay, yeah. And he was yeah. laughing harder than me. Oh, man, they were on TV when he was a kid. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool when you have, like, cross-generational characters like that. So, I, I mean, as a film, maybe it didn't work all that well for me, but it's actually a win for me because they're preserving the characters. And, like... They need to do something with these characters. Otherwise, they just sit around and die, and they become like Warner Brothers logos. That's essentially yeah. what Mickey Mouse is. Mickey Mouse has nothing. There's no, I mean, they might have some one-off cartoons on TV, but there's nothing serious with Mickey Mouse in it anymore these days. He's a he's like a marketing icon. South Park kind of ruined him. Really? Oh, dude, you haven't <laughs> seen that episode? No. Oh, man. <laughs> It's uh, kind of hard to come back after what South Park did okay, to, yeah. to those characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I gotta, I gotta uh, <laughs> tell you that it's Cartoon Wars, I believe. Cartoon Wars? Or no, that's the one where they destroyed the Simpsons. Oh. Either way, Mickey Mouse is like basically a mob boss. Uh huh. In South Park now, <laughs> and there's an episode with. Uh, I forget the details, but like the Jonas Brothers. Oh Mickey, shit. He's they're like his whores and Mickey's their pimp. <laughs> and they're going out and they're spraying their, their love foam all over teenage girls and the whole episode is about pointing out how much Disney sells sex to little kids. Oh my god, really? Yeah, so I can see why they haven't brought Mickey back. <laughs> okay. Alright. And he re- he's a recurring character now. He's like a recurring villain. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, interesting. South Park's the best. They're the South best. Park. Adult cartoon. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, let me ask you before we move on. <laughs> Not that I'm expecting it to, but was there any part of the story that surprised you at all? Or where you were no. like, <laughs> okay. All right. I just wanted to ask. You? No. No, no, no. no. Maybe like the, the one little tidbit we... I kind of mentioned earlier um, with Bugs yeah, Bunny. Yeah, that. But, but they, of course, they it. didn't do anything. So. They didn't do it. So. Yeah. And it was kind of in classic function with his character anyway. Yeah, like there's so many like fake Bugs Bunny scenes like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, classic. But, yeah, I mean, villain-wise, Don Cheadle was, was a decent villain, but his character was kind of a little annoying. Yeah. But I loved when he got all huge at the end. Yeah, he kind of uh, reminded me of like a genie or something. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty simple story, I guess, is an easy way to put it, right? It's like very straightforward. Nothing complicated about it at all. And would you, I would call it a strictly children's story, would you? Yes, there's no deep philosophical questions (laughs) that only adults are going to pick up on. Which sucks, because you have like Bugs Bunny in there and Daffy Duck, and I would expect some, you know earth-shattering wisdom from one of those characters. <laughs> uh, Not a lot of that. No. Nah. So, yeah, get the kids and uh, introduce them to the Looney Tunes if they don't know who they are. And then <laughs> get back to me, because maybe I'll write about you. <laughs> uh, and submit your Looney Tunes data sheets at thebuffintheblazer.com. Yeah. Track yes. your kids, make them watch Looney Tunes. And send us the data. We'll do a laugh track, and we'll see how it, how it turns out. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, some of the characters here. There's quite a few athletes. Yeah. There's a few cameos here by some pretty well-known actors. And, of course, you get all of the great voice acting from the Looney Tunes. I will say there was something off about Bugs Bunny's voice. A little bit. Yeah, like he sounded a little different. Mostly, it was he was mostly there, but there was something about him that I I just it sounded off to me. But that's me kind of being a little nitpicky. No, I'm I'm there with you. Okay, especially after just recently watching some of the older Bugs Bunny cartoons, you know. Yeah, something was a little off, but 
I will say most of the other characters didn't seem off at all. Yeah, I think all the other ones were pretty spot on. But there's something about Mel Blanc, like his voice as Bugs Bunny. He's, uh, I don't know, he's iconic. So good. It wasn't just me then. I will say I loved Zendaya, her voice as Lola Bunny. At first, I didn't even know it was her. And then when I looked, I was like, oh, shit, that's Zendaya. So I was pretty surprised with how well her voice fit the character. So, yeah, it was cool to see her. Do you have a favorite Looney Tune? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I have a favorite. I For me, it's very visual with those characters. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, I think the ones I liked the most were the ones where there was, like, no talking. Yeah. Like, like Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. Right. Those are probably, yeah, yeah, those are probably my two favorite characters. And I think a lot of that has to do with landscapes that I've spent a lot of time in. I've seen shitloads of Roadrunners, and I've been around coyotes my whole life, so maybe that has something to do with it. Oh, okay, I get you. <laughs> but I did love all the the NBA. I'm a big NBA fan, and I loved all the Okay, so you're going to have to walk us through some of that because I do not watch basketball. Okay. So I'm not real familiar with some of the players. Like, obviously, I know LeBron, and I know, like, Anthony Davis, and that's about it. (laughs) Yeah, so AD's character is super cool in this. His big old bird monster thingy that he is. Right. I really liked Dame Lillard, Damian Lillard. Mm -hmm. He was the Dame Time with the clock. Oh, okay. And that, okay, so that I'll explain it because you probably don't know this. Damian Lillard is like one of the most clutch players ever. Who does he play for? The Portland Trailblazers. Oh, okay. And he's like really, really good, but he's stuck in a small market. Mm-hmm. And his team's never really good enough to get there. But ah. he is like dynamite. He's like hit some of the best buzzer beaters in NBA history. And he can shoot from basically anywhere beyond half court. Oh. And Dame Time is like his fourth quarter thing. Okay. Like he lights it up in the fourth quarter all the time. So he's he clutch always, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, always points at his, his watch. So that whole character that they built is specific to his NBA career and persona, you know? Oh, okay. Which was super cool for me. That is cool. And then uh, Clay Thompson, he was the water fire. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's like... It's very much in line with who he is as a basketball player, too. Uh huh. Which is, is really cool. Who does he play for? He plays, he was on the Warriors dynasty over the, oh, okay. you know, the previous yeah. five years or whatever when they were dominant. Okay. But he's been hurt for two full years straight. So hopefully Clay comes back next year strong. But he's one of the best shooters of all time. And he, his water fire thing is interesting because he's, like a super cool laid back guy. He like uh-huh. drinks drinks Coors Lights at his press conferences after finals <laughs> games and stuff. He's like super mellow, doesn't do a lot of media at all. Wow. But he can get hot, like crazy hot, and I think he's had a th- I think he had a 37 point quarter once Whoa. in a game. Yeah. And I know he I think he scored 70 and 3 quarters in a game once. Damn. So he's like, he's super cool, but he can catch fire. So like his character was very cool with him as a basketball player too. So there's, they're also grabbing that audience a bit too, you know, because they actually paid attention to the basketball players and made them like how their, how their basketball skills are and like their, their mythology, right? Their basketball mythology. They weave that into their tune characters. Which okay, so they like, cool. yeah, they stuck with their like signature traits. Yeah, yeah, and Draymond, it says he was in there, but I don't remember seeing him. They might have been in that one. He might have been in that one scene when they were at the basketball camp or whatever. Oh, maybe. You know what I'm talking? I think a lot of them were in that. Sue Bird, she's like one of the best WNBA players of all time. It says her voice, but there was so much going on. It was really hard to try and pick out who was who. Yeah. But I don't know. I like the basketball angle. Basketball is probably my favorite sport. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. So, yeah, do you think they – did you like the group of, of players they, they put in there, or would you have preferred yeah. some other ones? No, no, I'm cool okay. with it. Oh, cool. What did you think of LeBron's performance? <laughs> we talked a yeah, little kinda, bit about it. Kind of like you said, I felt like he did a pretty decent job 
on green screen. Mm-hmm. All right. All the family scenes and the deep talks with his son. Yeah. And his wife and stuff. I f- thought felt pretty awkward. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know? Yeah. But also not the best writing either. Well, yeah, to so, be fair, it's yeah. a really kind of cookie-cutter storyline. Yeah, so for sure. So the lines are cheesy. Mm-hmm. Did you notice something, too? There was never any, like, very long single-person lines in the whole movie. It was oh, yeah. all back and forth, right? Yeah. Everybody only had to, to spit out, like, four words, and then it wasn't, and then it was someone else's line. I'm telling you, that's totally done on purpose. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. Uh, for sure. But, but I feel like that type of writing mm-hmm. makes it awkward. seem more cheesy and awkward. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to hold that against LeBron. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't either. I wasn't expecting an Academy Award-winning performance from LeBron James <laughs> in Space Jam. So <laughs> I thought he did what he could with that. And to be fair, everybody, even Don Cheadle, who's a grade-A ultimate actor, Mm-hmm. Even he had awkward green screen moments in the movie because he was like green screen the whole time. Yeah, we just did no sudden move with him in it. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's an accomplished actor, and yeah, I I was even like, I'm not digging his uh, his character in this movie either. Like the, <laughs> the performance was like, I'm gonna pin it on the writing, really, like 75 percent of it. The writing and the situation that everyone's in mm-hmm. it has to be weird as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For sure. I I have a funny little anecdote. There's this uh, comedian, T.J. Miller, Uh and he's been in a couple movies we've done. Okay. But he did... uh, Oh, yeah. He he tells a story on there's this... uh, This used to be this Comedy Central late night show called... uh, Oh, I forget what it was called. Anyway, oh, this this shouldn't be happening or something like this. Uh Uh-huh. It's like a comedy show where comedians get up on stage and do a quick storytelling comedy set. It's different, right? Yeah. They tell a story mm-hmm. about going nuts. And T.J. Miller was on one, and he's telling this story about he did those Yogi Bear 3D movies. <laughs> okay. And it, like, fucked him up in his brain really bad. He, like, spent, you know, a year looking at a ping pong ball <laughs> and, and acting to it. And when yeah. he got back, he like had like a tumor or a brain aneurysm or something. Get the fuck and out like, of here! W- yeah, was like in the hospital, like totally fucked his brain up. Are you serious? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And that whenever I see people acting in these kind of super green screeny scenarios, I think of that, and and then I try not to hold it against the actor. Yeah. For how weird it is. I mean, I totally understand it. But then there are some people that just kill it, like Sonic. Like yeah. The, they're acting yeah, with... Yeah, that's a good point. You know? Like, Sonic isn't there. Yeah, that's a really good point. So it, it just depends. And, of course, a lot of it has to come from the director. Like, the director... That's going to test a director's skill on if he can direct dialogue between two characters, quote-unquote, that one's there and one isn't. So it's... Like... For example, I'll say more like two out of the three Star Wars prequels, episodes two and three, you have Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, um, Hayden Christensen, but more so Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor. Like, we know them now as, like, staple actors, right? Natalie Portman is, like, an Academy Award-winning actress, for crying out loud. She's almost, like, awful in those movies. (laughs) Almost. Like, especially in episode three. And the way they film those movies is literally the characters in front of green. Yeah. With nothing there. Like, they're lucky if they have, like, some kind of textured surface they're walking on. But other than that, it's, like, completely green. And so just taking that as an example, and George Lucas is not known for being a very good director, like a very good actor's director. So when you have all those elements combined, it can turn a really great actor into a very subpar actor. (laughs) So... I think those films are a really good example of that. And just think about it, like try and relate it to uh, something, a real life experience. Like you've ever gone to a party where you don't know anybody and you're super uncomfortable. Yeah. Like having something to lean on in the room, like a table (laughs) or just something to look at. 
think yeah. if you feel that awkward because you're in this weird acting situation <laughs> and you look around you and it's just a green box. Yeah. Yeah. Like think about how 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 like there's nothing there for you to like lean on. And you have a camera up on your face. Mentally, right? Yeah. Yeah, and there's a camera in your face. It's got to be so awkward. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. So I, I'm glad we kind of brought that up. So yeah, I was completely expecting it in this movie. And it's right about where I would think it would land with the performances. What did you think about LeBron's family, quote unquote, in this movie? So we I have were- Cedric Joe as Dom James. Sonequa Martin-Green as Camille James. And then we have one other James, right? CRJ Wright as yeah. Darius. Yeah. I mean, I liked Cedric. I thought he did a good job. I thought they all kind of did a good job. I, I I wasn't sure if that was like his actual family or not. I was like, hmm. Yeah, I wasn't. I was. I thought they were more convincing than LeBron was. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah, I got a question because he has kids and a wife and all that around these same ages because they obviously mirrored a ton of the story just straight off of LeBron's mm-hmm. life, right? Yeah. And I did, uh, I'll say this, I did appreciate all the callbacks to LeBron's career and all the footage. Uh-huh. Because seeing was that cool. shit kind yeah. of brought me back, and I thought it was like kind of a cool way to take his real-life career and bring it into the, the toon world. Do you know if they did that with Jordan in the original I can't remember. Speech? I can't remember either. I can't remember. I d- I'm going to take a stab and say they didn't. Okay, yeah. But I'm not sure. All right. I thought that was cool too, though. But, but yeah, I liked uh, I liked his family. Cedric Joe Dom was like pretty believable the whole time. Yeah, for sure. Bummed out kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I did like Chris Davis as Malik, his like uh, latched on agent. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't put all of his uh, his homies in, like Maverick Carter and uh, Rich Paul, LeBron's like dudes. Are they like his all... entourage or something? Yeah, and they're big time, right? Like Rich Paul's one of the biggest agents in the NBA. Oh wow! Maverick Carter does all kinds of producing. I think he produced LeBron's because you know LeBron has a show on HBO too, right? Yeah, yeah. The Shop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. yeah. I'm surprised they they didn't all get in because it was just like an ultimate cash grab, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Okay, I got one question. This is kind of not on character, but more on the macro. Uh huh. Do you think LeBron and Warner Brothers are going to start just banging out tons of content? Maybe not with him in it, but do you think this was like a trial vacation of a new couple? Uh, Because he has the show with Warner Brothers. There's obviously a relationship there. Well, that's the thing. Like, If he's under contract, um, not that he couldn't do movies for other studios, but sometimes they'll oh, bang out. He probably out. has an exclusivity deal yeah. with, with yeah, Warner yeah, yeah. Brothers. So maybe... Maybe, uh, if if his show is through them too, I didn't know that. <laughs> so it's is like an HBO show. Yeah, it's on HBO, and it's actually sweet. He he like hangs out in a barber shop, and they they drink with his all of his athlete buddies and superstar buddies, and they oh okay, it's not have a real talk. Show. Yeah, okay, they just talk and they're unfiltered, which is nice to hear athletes and uh, you know big big time actors and musicians unfiltered. Yeah. I've watched a few episodes, not a bunch, not all of them by any means. Okay. But it's nice to not hear them talking to a press. <laughs> yeah. You know, even actors and stuff, it's nice to just hear people being themselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so maybe. I guess it, it all depends on what he wants to do, if he wants to do anything. Because um, LeBron can do whatever he wants. Yeah. But this is where it's going to go in the sports talk world. Mm-hmm is people are going to compare this Space Jam to Jordan's Space Jam and weave that into their GOAT argument because it's an ongoing (laughs) argument on who's the best player of all time. Yeah. So that should be interesting. This whole next week, I guarantee you, on sports radio across the country, dudes are going to be breaking down Space Jam (laughs) 1 versus Space Jam 2. (laughs) And then factor that into their argument on why Jordan is the best or something. Or why LeBron's the best. That's interesting. I don't know how interesting that is. (laughs) Well, I guess it's interesting for a non-basketball fan. Um, Oh, okay, yeah. And, like, I'm probably going to piss off a shit ton of people. But, like, when I look at sports, at, like, pro sports 
way, way like at a macro level. And I was like, if there's one player I had to pick throughout the sports history to represent that sport as like an icon, who would that be? And for me, that's always like Michael Jordan. For It's almost yeah. like, like Jerry Rice's for football for me. Okay. Like, you know, they're those names that like people recognize around the world. Wayne Gretzky for hockey. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's how I kind of see like Michael Jordan. Not that I'm comparing him to LeBron like pound for pound as like who's the best. Yeah. But I think in terms of like name recognition, Michael Jordan is like iconic, I guess, with basketball. Yeah. I mean, so is LeBron and so is yeah. Kobe for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, I don't know. Just like I don't even know where I was going with that comment. But uh. <laughs> you're not going to piss anyone off, dude. It's a it's yeah. a it's an argument that has so many angles. Yeah. That nobody can make a coherent, definitive point. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because for me, I just look at the, the, the game. Right. Like take all the mythology, everything you talked about. Right. Out of the equation. Mm -hmm. And I think the conversation gets a lot more interesting because I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is, is right there with Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In terms of compiling statistics, the amount of things one does on the floor. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. My argument, I, I was a, blonde, a LeBron hater for a long time. Mm -hmm. But when he won his championship in Cleveland, I was like, holy shit, that is one of the most impressive feats ever. Right, yeah, and just to be able to Jordan win it, was like... really dominant for six years, mm -hmm. right? And everyone kind of conveniently forgets that he struggled in his early career, yeah. And everyone's just like makes the argument that like, oh, he he never lost in the finals, and LeBron has been to the finals, I don't know, nine or ten times, uh -huh. and he's won four of them. But people like tend to forget that Jordan got bounced out in the playoffs. The mm -hmm. years that he didn't make it to the finals or didn't make the playoffs in his earlier career, I think. Oh, okay. And for me, it's like, dude, LeBron has dragged probably like the seven worst teams ever to play in the finals there on his back and <laughs> lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and then statistically, LeBron's going to be like top five in every single category. Okay. By the end of his career. Yeah. Like all of the categories, right? Uh -huh. Maybe I don't know. Maybe not rebounding, but I imagine he's right there in rebounding. But okay. he, the longer he plays, he has a chance to break Kareem's record of points. He's only he's he's been to way more finals than than Jordan. Mm -hmm. He's played way deeper into his career at a higher level than Jordan. Yeah. So for me, it's like it's kind of like Tom Brady in football. Yeah. So it started he as soon as he won five, six, and seven, it was like oh shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Arguments over. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I totally understand them choosing to go with LeBron in this role. Oh, yeah. Like he's another icon. But it's just interesting for me to think about, like, why is Jordan so iconic in my mind? And I think it has to do with, yeah, he had some, you know, like some legendary basketball, you know, performances going on. But then he's also like Air Jordans. Like he's the face of like Nike almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's all kinds of different things there. So, yeah, it was just well, interesting to think about, I guess. And a lot of it has to do with timing, I think, as well. Yeah. With Jordan. Yeah. Jordan was the first, like, global athlete when when the, the true information boom of the internet exploded. Yeah. You know? Like, it mm -hmm. was still pre-internet. Yeah. Right? Like, it wasn't very popular yet. But as soon as, like, worldwide everything in the 90s happened. Yeah. He was the poster child, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he was awesome at basketball. And I don't want to make the case that he wasn't one of the greatest ever. But I yeah. just think there's an argument. And there's an argument for Kareem in there, too. Yeah. That's a name even I know. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he won. Never mind. I, we don't need to get into that. We're getting <laughs> off topic. Yeah, a little Talking bit. Talking basketball here. <laughs> but, hey, that's what this movie yeah. kind of did, right? Right. Totally. It dipped into the basketball universe. Yeah. So I, I think, hands down, it's an obvious choice for LeBron to star in this movie, especially for today. Uh, so, yeah, anyone else we want to shout out before we uh, move on? Shout out to Michael B. Jordan, who's in this yeah, movie. I knew it was him. <laughs> yeah. Like, you had to know it was him, right? Yeah, I was, I was really hoping that it was Michael Jordan. No uh, way, dude. <laughs> Wouldn't happen. One last cool. thing. All right. And this isn't really about character or anything. 
But this was this movie was 25 years ago, right? The original? Yeah. Uh-huh. This is like 25 years later. These types of... I can't think of any other movie besides the first Space Jam like this with with a bunch of athletes worked into it. Can you? No, I can't think of any. Like, athletes playing themselves? Yeah. No, I can't. Not that well, I know of. Yeah. There's a... I think it's called Eddie. There's a... I, like a, a Billy Crystal movie. Uh-huh. Where he plays an NBA referee. Really? Yeah, from the 90s, that movie's pretty cool. But that's not, like, all CG and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, Uncut Gems. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, but yeah, but it's not all CG and shit. Right, yeah. I think these crossover CG and... I think Sonic's the only one that I've ever liked. Yeah, you don't get a ton of them with athletes. But, like, one of the movies I always go to when you have uh, Real World Meets the Toon World is Roger Rabbit. yeah. Like that's another cool one from the '90s, or is that the They're late '80s? Make that. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> They're gonna. Oh man, yeah, let's not do that. <sighs> all right, well, let's move on to the good part of the movie. Yeah, all the uh, effects, cinematography, the look of the entire film, and the artistry behind it. I didn't see one flub in this movie in terms of that department. Like all Same. the special effects, I thought were were top notch. It made me encouraged. Because I'm, I'm so hot and cold on the Super CG these days. Yeah. It's like I see Black Widow and really don't like much of the CG at all. Mm-hmm. And then I see this, and it, I, like, enjoyed it. It was by far my favorite part of the movie. It was just, like, a visual spectacle. Like, at one point I was looking up. I had all the lights off in my house. Yeah. And I was just looking at my ceiling. Mm-hmm. And the amount of colors... reflecting off the tv it was total like a a visual spectacle i bet it was pretty awesome on a big screen oh yeah yeah no it all looked really cool and i liked how it it was like three things that it weaved together in terms of visual look and you had like the real world you had the tune world and then you had this like video game backdrop yeah it was kind of like all weaved together so you had like the court which was like the video game element of it and then a lot of the fans, um, the actual location of where the game takes place, that's all like the tune, Warner Brothers world, and then you have all the real-life people there. So that was a cool little melding of three different, I guess, visual styles come together. Yeah. And we get like a hint of the the video game element when, we're, when Dom's showing LeBron the video game he built. Like we get to see a lot of that, a lot of that look from there. So it's pretty cool. And then we talked about... How it's kind of a Warner Brothers like advertisement, right? All of the <laughs> the IP that's that's yeah. like just flashing on screen. So out of the characters you saw in that audience or that flashed across the screen, like what were some of your favorite uh, Warner Brothers properties there, if you had any? Well, <laughs> I I really don't know. Yeah, it was cool to see Pennywise, like, but it didn't look very good. No. Um, it, it wasn't Homeboy. It wasn't Skarsgård. No, could you imagine if they if they had him in there, like cameoed as their characters? Would have been pretty expensive. It would have been the, the most expensive ten seconds in movie history. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, who were who were the little cartoon things on the court? On I the court, figure out. Who, yeah, who that was? They were these tiny little monster things. They showed them two or three times towards the end of the game. I'm not sure. And I couldn't figure out what it was. Yeah, I'm not sure. There was but, a yeah, bunch. it was kind of like sensory overload or memory bank overload, looking yeah. through the crowd the whole time. Definitely. But I can't think of, like, a favorite cameo. I just remember, like, for whatever reason, there were, like, four or five scenes where Danny DeVito's Penguin was, like, in the frame pretty like prominently too and i'm like that's so weird his like creepy bald penguin yeah there was penguin there was a lot of the game of thrones yeah folk i felt like that was like a very a very uh more recent reference that a lot of people love that i didn't get at all Mm -hmm. Everything that I didn't know what it was, I figured it was from Game of Thrones. Okay. The little monsters, I'm wondering if they were the Gremlins. Was it the Gremlins? Because the Gremlins was Warner Brothers, too. Could have been. I'm not sure. But they were, like, cartoony? I don't know. It might have been. (laughs) 
but I saw like the Flintstones. I saw the Jetsons. I saw um, the Animaniacs, like we said. There was a bunch. Just <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. Just like none of it registered. Yeah, for me, it was there was so much. Yeah. So that was that was really cool, and a lot of those cartoons too, like the Flintstones and Jetsons, those were three D animated too. So that was kind of a trip to see like Fred Flintstone in three D. It's a good pause movie. Yeah, for sure. Right. A yeah. good pause movie and scan around looking yeah, was, for everything. It was kind of a fun like like uh special effects scene just to be able to put all those iconic characters into one like massive bum rush. <laughs> and the, and the sound effects were pretty awesome too for all the madness. Oh yeah, yeah. Now some good sound design for sure. Yeah. Any particular shots that stood out to you that you enjoyed or liked? I liked the rap battle. <laughs> yeah. Because it got all dark and like shadowy and shit, and yeah. they were all so cool. I just like how they had Porky Pig do it. I was yeah. like, of course, of course. And I and I'm glad Don Cheadle didn't rap. Me too. I was like very happy that it didn't go there. <laughs> yes, that would have been even more awkward. <laughs> but yeah, if I had to pick a single visual, yeah, I gotta say I was a little disappointed in the dunks. For LeBron, like they were just with too the real video world. game stuff. Too, real, but they should have mixed in him just going nuts on the green screen, <laughs> like just him playing real basketball. You know, yeah, yeah. They should have put a couple of those in there. Yeah, I think he like hit a jump shot and like a layup and had like uh, an easy dunk. But the all of his big dunks, he was like flying through the air for thirty five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slow mo, right? Yeah, and they um, should have just let Dame Dame shoot. Like they should have just had him set his clock, go do all the shit, but then just, you know, step right beyond half court and just shoot a laser. Yeah, I liked uh, Wiley Coyote's uh, shining moment on the court. That was pretty cool. Yeah, with his uh, basketball machine. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that shit was fun. All of yeah. that shit was really fun. All like, the CG made it watchable. Very true to the characters. Um, I yeah, thought. and I loved the train. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that so was cool. Good. Awesome. Well, let's move on to <laughs> what seems like uh, not your favorite part of the movie, the score. Yeah, it was awful, man. Yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, it's what you expect from a movie like this. Chris Bowers, I mean, he's... He's done a few films, probably most notably Bridgerton on Netflix. It's like Don't massive know. right now. But yeah, I, I wasn't. My hopes weren't real high for score on this movie at all. I saw Hans Zimmer's name flash somewhere, so he, I don't know if he produced or something. But I was like, really, Hans Zimmer did uh, Space Jam, but it wasn't the case. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Not a whole lot to say about score here. It's very much yeah, sad what you would scene, expect. sad music. And especially with the Looney Tunes, like, yeah, you want that uh, super cheesy kind of music. Yeah. And then uh, the only stuff that I did like was, like, the when there would be, like, soundtrack, like a music blasting in the stadium and stuff. Yeah. That's all I really liked. Right. But then the sound effects were awesome. Yeah, the sound design was really good. All right, cool. So let's start to wrap up here and uh, talk about our love-hates. All right. And as customary, we'll start with you, Mr. El Tato. Uh, I love <laughs> just seeing all the tunes again and kind of like uh, having them back around and, and seeing what they could they could do. Like they could do a sweet 3D movie with, with Bugs. Oh, with yeah. all of them, right? Any of like them. Just make a movie and then just give them all like their own episodes like the show. Yeah. Right? Or like bring back the like the Looney Tunes hour and keep them like CG animated and do like 30 minute to hour long episodes or whatever, 30 minute episodes each week. Like that would be so cool. I wonder how difficult it would be to cycle through the archives and take all the old exact episodes and turn them into this and then do the full, you know, 2025 Looney Tunes 3d. It's all the old episodes. There's nothing new. They're just look like this now. Well, geez, like I don't know when they stopped doing the Looney Tunes, but I think it was probably sometime in the '80s. So you got I feel from like the we're 19... at a point where you could like plug all that into a computer, 
And just have it automated. <laughs> and it would do it, you know? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, some AI. It's like, <laughs> that'd be gnarly, dude. But yeah, that's like decades worth of episodes. <laughs> that'd be nuts. But I'd be so down for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's what, I, that's what I loved was seeing all the tunes. And okay. what I hated was just kind of the, the cheese and the awkward <laughs> from a writing standpoint. Yeah. And it was just really for little kids, you know, not really any nuggets in there for adults. Yeah. 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 I think um, this is going to be kind of a cop out, but I have to echo both of the things you said. My favorite part of this movie were were the tunes. And I I just liked how they were able to bring them into like the the CG animated world. And I want to say they they've done that before already. Trying to remember if the, the film they did with Brendan Fraser back in action was uh 3d or not i can't remember no i don't think so but anyway the the characters look great uh as cgi characters and i wasn't expecting that so kudos there and i loved all of the classic humor at least we got to see all of that and the biggest win for me is that they the characters are brought into like you know the modern day and they're there for people to see and for kids to to get exposed to so i hope I hope more kids watch this movie and get a good laugh out of the Looney Tunes because they're, they're the Looney Tunes. <laughs> they should know who Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck are. Yeah. And then in terms of the hates, yeah, it's, it's a very, very simplistic, very predictable <laughs> kids movie with good messaging. And I guess you could call it a hate, but it's, it's not a movie really for me or you, El Tato. Like it's, it's kind of, it's, it is for kids. So... <laughs> It's it's a movie I, I could see parents taking their kids to and kind of checking out and checking in like at certain points. But I'm sure for basketball fans, it was cool to see some of those those players in here too. Yeah, it was kind of cool for me on that on that yeah. aspect. So you might you might get a little bit out of that, but overall, it's yeah, it's strictly for kids. I think uh, there's nothing real adult about this movie at all. No Pixar messaging. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No uh, questioning life. Uh, lessons or anything like that so yeah man let's uh try to slap a score on this thing all right so do you want me you to want start me to go first maybe i'll start i'll get it out of the way okay let's see so story i'm not really going to give it a point on story because <laughs> 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 uh, it was uh god i could have written a better story than that i think but <laughs> so yeah i'm, I'm going to be a little critical on story i'm not going to give him a point there maybe i'll give him a point two five on the messaging like Good message, I think, that everyone needs to know. But I don't need a, an hour and 50 minutes to figure it out. So I'll give him a point two five, And then uh, characters and acting, I'm going to give him a half because I feel like they did the best they could with what they had. And I really dug a lot of the voice acting, too, with the, the Looney Tunes. Um, there were some weird things going on with, with Bugs, but he still, for the most part, sounded like Bugs Bunny to me. So I'll give him a half there. Cinematography gets a full point. I thought the film looked great, like on all levels. So full point there. <clears throat> Score, <laughs> I'm not really going to give him a point. Uh, You're at was, point seven, or 1.75. 1.75, yes, so far. It wasn't even very memorable for me at all. <laughs> so <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, I got to pull a point from that one. And then in terms of love-hates, I'm going to give it a half. Or the feels? Or the feels, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so I... I I'll give it a half on on like the overall enjoyment of it, simply because I'm glad that we're at least getting the Looney Tunes in something new. So yeah, I think that leaves me at a two point two five buckets of popcorn. All right. <laughs> okay, so I'll get the point out of the way first. Cinematography is getting a full point. Yeah. Because it, like you said, it looked beautiful and it was visually the most entertaining aspect of the whole experience was the visuals Mm -hmm. characters i'm gonna give a half to okay because i saw a lot of the old looney tunes which gave me nostalgia and then all the other warner brothers bombardment of characters and uh, i don't want to hold it against the actors too hard because of the whole green screen yeah and just the the cheesiness of the writing okay all right so uh score i'm not giving it a point (laughs) Uh, the uh, the feels, I liked all the the basketball aspect, and that made me engaged a little bit. Seeing their super the basketball players' superpowers, 
mm. and how they matched kind of their personas on the in real life I thought was cool. So what does that give me to? One and a half? One and a half, I think. And then for story, that's everything, right? I think so. Point for cinematography, half for characters, zero for score, a half for the feels. So that gets me oh. to two. So now you need yeah. story. And so story, I'm going to give them a half because yeah. the messaging was all right, but I do think most of the writing was bad in the main story, but taking the time to write in the characters, mm-hmm. I'm going to give them a quarter of a point for that. So like a quarter of a point for the message and a quarter of a point for weaving the basketball characters good into okay. the story. So you're at a 2.5? 2.5 bong loans. Nice. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah. I think our uh, our scores kind of echo a lot of the critics on this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, What was it rocking? Like a 30-something? percent rotten tomato score yeah so yeah 31 it is what it is but uh i'll say this i i didn't have a horrible time watching it like i'm not mad that i sat down to watch it no so it is what it is if you have hbo max it's on there and if you have kids for sure like let them watch it i think i think kids would have a good time with it and then you can tell them about bugs bunny and daffy duck and all the the looney tunes and make them watch it on HBO Max yep. and log how many times they laugh <laughs> yes. and send us the data. Send us the numbers, please. Per uh, episode, please. Yeah. Organized per episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get the timestamp, too, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a long-term project we have that's, going on. That's going to turn into a nightmare, dude. Yeah, it is. I don't know what I got myself into. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm sure the emails will be flooding in. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, uh, with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and I hope we didn't offend anyone too much with our uh, sports talk. (laughs) Our little little 15-minute rant on sports talk. But anyways, (laughs) that's that's all we got for you. I don't know what else much to say. So, yeah, give it a watch on HBO. It's free if you're a subscriber. And... uh, Teach your kids about the Looney Tunes. This is really sad. We we need people to know who these characters are. So that's give us a give us a movie. Yeah, give us a 3D movie with the Looney Tunes and no people, just the Looney Tunes. Just the Looney Tunes, please. No people. Warner Bros. Come on, big money there. So yeah, guys, we hope you had a good time, and we will catch you on the next episode. Have a great week. Peace.